Hey guys, and welcome to the Fucker Out of Find Out podcast. Today is our usual Tuesday episode. Uh, we're waiting on a couple of our crew members to either show up or announce that they're dead. I don't know. We haven't been able to get a hold of them. So, uh, as for a guest, we have Zuri back on. And because we are currently unsupervised, Dad's not here, and Deadpool's not here, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and talk about something I want to talk about, which is fucking science bullshit. So, we are going to LARP out the uh, like the massive cyber warfare between like the big three, America, China, and Russia. And kind of just see how the world's going to end. How are you going to be wholesome? This will be a really wholesome episode. This will be something that you could sit around a fire, you know, open a, a beer or a vein or something, and uh, <laughs> listen with some friends. Yeah, get put on a watch list or two. Yeah, get get put on a couple of watch lists. So uh, let's let's talk about let's see what kind of news. Oh shit! So uh, everybody that's been following the story of George, the chicken at the house, right? Like the one that we saved was like my daughter's best friend and shit like that. It got fucking murked last night by a by a possum. A possum reached his grubby little dirty hand threw the bars of the cage, grabbed him, and pulled his ass through the bars. Oh, yikes. And, <laughs> yeah. So there was uh, there's Pieces of George everywhere. I'm sure that's a song. Pieces <laughs> of George? That sounds like but, a uh, song. <laughs> yeah. So Pieces of George were everywhere, which was, uh, hey, Dad's here. Fuck. God damn it. Settle down, <laughs> children. Settle down. Oh, no. <laughs> Now we have, uh, like, adult supervision. But uh, anyway, so we went to the, the feed store and picked up, like, like three extra chickens to try to hide the fact that George isn't there. And uh, so far, she hasn't noticed. <laughs> so hold on. I got I to gotta check your math real quick. I just got to yeah. make sure I'm, I'm hearing this right. So to That's how chicken math works. Chicken yeah, math so, to, so to hide the, the one missing chicken... Three yes. you replace, replace them. You got to replace them with three. I mean, I yes. guess that makes sense because if one's going to do the trick, three certainly should. That's yeah, confusion. Yeah, it adds confusion because the three that we picked kind of looked like George. So uh, it was she. She just like, "Where's George?" And we're like, "Cause normally she could just call George, and George would like come out and like climb on her foot." And my wife's like, "George is in the tree." I'm like, "What fucking bullshit is that?" George is in the tree. He's yeah. in heaven. George is lost. Yeah, George, George got murked by a possum. So I made a possum trap, and I have a possum trap outside. It's it's uh, it's extremely redneck engineered, and it's full of shrimp powder and toast. So uh, should work should work quite well. Yeah, should work quite well. Now, what use does right. a possum have? Uh, they eat ticks. A lot. No, of ticks. I mean, I mean, like uh, utility wise, from like the fur, the you know. Organs. Nothing. Yeah, nothing. Nothing. None. You do shit with it. None. No. So, so some, people, some people eat possum, but that's. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. It's a that. terrible, greasy mess. It's somewhere between sewer rat and swamp rabbit. It's a. Uh, <laughs> you know they, not, they really they really have a displeasant odor. Also. Yes, they hmm. smell like uh, weasels or ferrets. Yeah, they're not. They're not. A, they're not a pleasant animal all around. No, the cool thing is, is that their body temperature is so low that they can't get things like rabies. They don't get uh, most diseases. They're pretty much immune to everything. 
and they eat a shitload of ticks. They eat, like their body weight in ticks every month. But like, uh, as far as like utility, chicken eaters. That's about it. Yeah, they have like those big, scary teeth, right? Like the big, scary teeth. But they have the weakest bite of like the animals, like litter in the wild. They 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 bite like shit. It's like twelve or fourteen psi. It's just total shit. But uh, which is why they bluff a lot and then play dead because they can't really like you know tear you up. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. You don't want to you you don't want to just shove your hand into a fucking random raccoon mouth or I mean sorry random uh, possum mouth because bad things are going to happen to that finger. But you don't you know, want to rabies. Possum. Yeah, <laughs> don't finger your possum. Don't yeah, I mean, there's certain awesome. there's certain adversaries that even if uh, you know you can overpower them, not even worth you know, losing a finger over. <laughs> <laughs> the hairless tail might be tempting, but you're God, it ain't worth. Just because you win the wrong. fight doesn't mean it's worth it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that reminds me of that commercial, the one where the, like the guy is outside like poking the freaking raccoon with the. Like like a stick, and his wife's like, "Don't fuck with that raccoon." And then <laughs> he comes back in all scratched up, like his back's all scratched up, and she notices. And he's like, it flashes back to it. He doesn't want to get shit for fucking with the raccoon, so he's just like, "I'm having an affair." <laughs> oh shit! I remember that. <laughs> yeah, because he'd rather not get shit for fucking with the raccoon, have her giggle off on him, and say, "I told you not to screw with that raccoon," you know for. 45 minutes, or just be like, I'm having an affair. The fight's less dramatic. <laughs> Good times. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, Deadpool freaking messaged me. That's what the topic is. Uh, Trim, uh, the topic today is going to be we're going to LARP uh, basically uh, into the world. Uh, we're going to LARP a, a cyber warfare between the big three, right? America. Russia and um, and China, and we're just going to go ahead and assume that, like, uh, let's go ahead and assume that everybody hates America. That China is super. <laughs> that that the China is super op- opportunistic, okay, and that Russia is desperate because they have um, limited resources, which is true. Okay, but that's all true. The, okay. Yeah, there's a, there's because a few the, other big players in the uh, in the modern world too. Um, those are those are probably the the top three in terms of <laughs> like offensive capabilities right now. But uh, other big players that do modern cyber warfare like day to day on effective scale are North Korea and Iran. They both have oh, very yeah. effective teams. And we could go ahead and automatically assume they're going to be on China's side. Because uh, both North Korea and um, Iran both just signed to use the the yuan, the yuan as their currency, so uh, they're getting away from the dollar completely, and they're going to be all doing only their trade in the yuan. So but other other than uh, that, um, most modern nations do have some cyber warfare to some degree, but those are those are pretty much the only people that have, uh, do it offensively to any scale and would presumably be involved. I just can't see like Iran. Like, what's Iran doing? Is like, I want to tell you something. You're going to send me boobs and regime. You know, like, I don't. Yeah, it's yeah, like, just local cyber warfare against local adversaries. Yeah. It's, it's, I could see it's them maybe messing uncommon. up. 
the power grid in like Israel or something, but like as far as Iran doing much with against America, most of their stuff's pretty freaking outdated. Like, Aren't they the ones that uh, have the whole parade on Death to America and they light like the current president on fire and shit? <laughs> I thought that was isn't that Iran? They're like, you know, oh, Death to America. I think that was a movie, but uh, uh but like because if that had happened, I would have saved it. They don't have a presidential like, effigy. They just, you know, burn this fucker. Even though he's made a straw, just you know, slap a fucking sticker of his face on it. I, don't know, I, saw, I saw something about that. Oh, I thought you were talking about like they had a, uh, they had like a parade and accidentally lit like the oh, no, no, no. with like the president <laughs> on fire. I would have laughed so freaking hard because that's how I would. That's, that's I don't see Iran as much of a threat to anybody but Iran. Um. Just because I've dealt a lot in the Middle East, and uh, they're real, nobody really gives them top of the line stuff on purpose. Because it would be like giving the fucking Klingons like the, <laughs> the most newest, bestest shit, right? You don't give the Klingons the most newest, bestest shit when they're perfectly fine fighting with the Baccarat, okay? So, right. Like, yeah. One interesting thing about play. this, though, is uh, in cyber warfare, uh, if you have certain a certain number of bright minds or the capabilities and the resources, um, it's not necessarily like typical conventional warfare where you have to have the firepower. You can still you can steal your fire firepower from across the world. You can you know create botnets of other people's computers. Like you can write a really shitty botnet on the, like a you know old laptop or even find you know an old one, modify it. Uh, release it, and then you instantly now have supercomputer capabilities. Even though that would you'd... probably be a, a Russian thing, right? Like, oh, it's, it's, everyone does this. Everyone does this. Okay. You're, you're you're behind if you're not making botnets. Oh, dang it! You can you can all build right. and buy all the supercomputers in the world you want, but that plus other people's computers is better. That makes sense. There's like true. a chain. Yeah, it's typically just malware that will get around uh, through various means, and its main purpose is just to allow a remote user to perform operations on your computer, and then they can you and know hey, distribute stuff. Kind of like how they were doing the SETI search and using a little bit of processing power from everybody's fucking computer as a background, like you know, mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, yeah distributed computing is is used yeah. everywhere. This is a form of non-consensual distributed computing, <laughs> you could say. Nice. Okay, so how would this scenario how would this scenario look? All right, let me think. Uh, let's see. We just had a huge crop failure. So okay, so here we go. I'm gonna set the scenario. America just said we just came out of a massive another crop failure because we just this is literally right out of the news that just happened. Uh, whereas Kansas has not had a single viable crop in over a year, um, which is currently going on. The wheat is totally and completely collapsed. Uh, wheat prices overseas are going crazy to the point where we can't buy them because everybody's going away from American currency. We have global banks that are basically. Uh, the, the BRICS union kind of bakes. And so America decides that it needs to knock down their banking system a bit in a peg, whether we've tried to uh, release a bunch of like political bullshit and uh, 
apply a bunch of like backdoor deals and um, fine them and make it very expensive for them to buy our stuff. And they just turned around and just made it three times as expensive to buy for us to buy their stuff. So now we finally gone. We get a green light. Uh, what is his name? Biden blearily wakes up, asks if it's Thanksgiving yet, and then uh, looks over to his uh, somebody in the cabinet and goes, I don't care what you do, knock them down a peg and go. How would America go about knocking down or slowing down or tying up the financial system overseas? Mm. Big one. The, the the surface level is just straight up attacking the banking network to make it not operate. But that's almost a little too pedestrian and a little too obvious. Because if a you know if a banking system isn't working, it's not like huh that's odd. It's oh that's odd, right? Yeah. You break into their yeah. accounts and put millions and millions of whatever dollar you want into everybody's account. Yeah, so well, I think that's a little bit more difficult than seeing. <laughs> I'm just saying, holy shit! So, in terms of how it would absolutely start, is on the espionage side. There's no actions. Well, in terms of actions, there's infiltration with malware for botnets and stuff. But you're not attacking; you're listening. You know, picking up info. Hmm. Would any of sort of those physical uh, stuff work? Like uh, there for a while, um, I was aware of. Uh, they have those free USB charging ports, like in a Chicago O'Hare airport, were downloading tracking software to people's phones and mm-hmm. copying their phone when they plugged into the, the plugged into them. So would we do something like that? Just drop a bunch of uh, like just USB sticks places? Oh yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, the holy grail would be if uh, you know the attackers could just remotely, you know, directly access via the internet. Um, if you get lucky, that's probably the case from the outset, but usually that's not your first vector. The first vector is almost always in like these, some of these state sponsored attacks, uh, a physical medium like that. So either plugging into a charging station or somebody just drops uh, like a few USB drives around. Um, like that's, uh, that, I believe that's how Stuxnet ended up happening. It was, you know, someone dropped a USB drive and, Someone just picked it up and plugged it into a computer in the, in the uh, you know warehouses, and the rest is history. And then once there you have that, the physical vector, then you can get it through the internet. If if the stuff's there on was the internet, that, uh, there was that thing that just kind of came out in the news just a couple of days ago. It was talking about HP computers had like a back door in them that people were using to uh, access the intranet of different uh, buildings. They were able to Wi-Fi in to the unsecured uh, computer. The, the, even if the the computer was on a secure network, they had to backdoor in through the through the uh, printer. So the Wi-Fi capabilities of the printer. I haven't heard of this so, specific uh, one, but backdoors is the other main thing. So either backdoors or a zero-day vulnerability. These are almost always used by like state state-sponsored actors. This is what really makes the difference between like a you know a rogue group and a, a state sponsored actors the the funding and resources to develop and coordinate backdoors and zero days they're similar but slightly different so like a backdoor is like you somehow intentionally got it in there with like the manufacturer's help or 
whatever, and it's just a backdoor for you to get in. Um, the terminology could also be used like you hacked in and then made a backdoor for yourself, but usually a backdoor is placed there. Like the you know NSA goes to some computer company and they're like, hey, we need to be able to get into your computers. That would be a backdoor. A zero day is a critical vulnerability that nobody knows about except for you. And that is some of the most valuable piece of information ever. Because when you have a zero day, you can unleash hell upon un unsuspecting uh, defenders. They, they don't have to have a backdoor. You didn't have to get in there already. They have no idea that this was even a threat. There's supposedly uh, um, kill switches in cell phones for them to be able to turn them all off or turn them all back on. Like, just knock them off the networks. Um, that'd probably be pretty disruptive to a society. So, like, if... Uh, hmm. Oh, yeah. So, if you, if, you go gen if you want to go for, like, to hurt a society, you can hurt the citizens very much through, um, through a digital attack. Mostly because, uh, like... It, for most citizens in most countries, if you damage their digital life, they're, they're kind of lost. And that's, you know, it sounds a little silly, but that, that would be a big deal on scale. It would, it would be very disruptive. Okay, so America goes in. They're super pissed off about not being able to buy all this uh, corn, wheat, and everything like that. We go in, and all we do is shift the timing on their stock market over just a just, you know, a, a few seconds so that nothing fucking lines up and everything is screwy and the whole stock market has to close for the day. So, like, uh, the packets of information coming in aren't lining up with the ports are supposed to go to. Nothing's working correctly. It's all screwed up. And so they have to close for the day. However, uh, you know, China notices that, hey, uh, that was totally freaking came from the little CIA building there in fucking Arkham, uh, Texarkana, you know, uh, the, their big, their big CIA freaking cyber warfare thing they got going over there. So, uh, now they know it's us. What does China do in response for screwing with their, uh, screwing with their stock market? So I think China go, does it stealthy at first, especially because I don't know if you heard about this recently. Um, there's this malware called Snake, which was taken down. Quite the name, a very fitting. It sounds like it just sounds like a malware, right? <laughs> and um, so this was uh, one of Russian state-sponsored hacking groups' main botnets, and it was just taken down by by the United States uh, through coordination with the FBI and stuff. So what China is looking to do is not repeat that. So, but. They are super capable and they're, it's not slowing them down. It's just a different approach. So they're going to get people in the U.S. to start dropping these drives, man. They're, they're no digital traces, but it's immediate retaliation of trying to get uh, access to American systems. Okay, so they're just going to have uh, sleeper cells dropping thumb drives or just dropping stuff or... Oh, yeah. Well, that's just how it starts because you have to get access. But due to um, concerns about traceability, they're going to be extra cautious. So that's why it's going to be uh, very in-person at first. But once you're in and securely in that way, that's where the curious things happen of what kind of attacks are going to 
you know, come your way. Well, what kind of attacks would you see them doing? Absolutely power and infrastructure, uh, uh, networked infrastructure. There's so many attacks you could do on the U S um, that would do a lot of damage. Uh, you know, do even trying to do the same stuff with the stock market, you know, try to fiddle with that, uh, hurt the economic system, but really the, 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 the easiest way to cripple America's economy through digital attacks is the power network and infrastructure. That power grid is old. It's old. Exactly. A lot of it's, it's run by, a lot of it's run by SCADA. Like it's old shit. Old and vulnerable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And we're overly dependent on it uh, across the world, but especially in the United States. We use a lot of electricity here. So uh, for people that don't know what SCADA is, SCADA is an old solid state switch. It's either on or fucking off. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Like the great thing about them is they don't fail. The bad thing about them is that they're either on or off. There's not a lot of solu- There's not a lot of solutions there. If they're on, everything's going great. If they're off, they're just off. Uh, and it requires the right it, the right amount of power to turn them back on. They're like 3.8 volts, but like if you've turned the power off completely to them, you're not going to turn that switch back on. Uh, hmm. I've done a lot of SCADA stuff, a lot of SCADA stuff in the oil field. That uh, that was one of the biggest things about the EMP is they were worried that it would fry all the SCADA stuff and just shut down or cause all of the stuff to open at once or turn it all off. So either one would be equally as catastrophes. You know, <laughs> either it opens up all the gateways at once, or it closes them all at once and everything explodes, or it opens everything at once and everything explodes. So it's like uh, either way, it's, it explodes. So, <laughs> yeah, and it's a compounding effect too, because uh, yeah, the the power the power infrastructure is a system, not individual components. So a, a tiny disruption, like a targeted attack in a local area, can actually have disproportionately large effects across the network. And God forbid it's a, uh, I forget what the terminology is, but uh, not like the blackout that, you know, a consumer may say, but like an actual network blackout where you have to kickstart the infra from zero. I'm not, I'm not super familiar with it, but that's, it's challenging. There was those massive cascading effects. Uh, Wasn't there like, like when the East coast went down, like, was it two years ago? It was because of like one transformer in Philly and or some shit like that. It wasn't even like in the middle of the city. It was like off in the country. One transformer died and it just left to a massive cascading effect that took out like the whole East Coast power grid. But yeah, these systems are was, really intertwined. So it's it's very vulnerable. Then Texas had a huge power outage about a year ago too, didn't they? Uh, with the with snowvid. snowstorm, yeah, snowstorm. Yeah, that would be uh twenty twenty one actually, with snowvid. And what happened with snowvid is they didn't anticipate how much power people were going to use to keep their houses warm. Weirdly, so instead of bringing all of the natural gas generators and everything that we have all at once, they tried to bring them up in stages. And instead of bringing them all up, like hey. It's going to hit negative 25 degrees in a tropical fucking environment that doesn't understand cold. Everybody's going to crank their shit to 120 and rip the knob off, right? Yep. So uh, with minimally insulated fucking houses, because it's a tropical damn environment, everybody's going to freeze to death. And a lot of people did freeze to death. So they didn't start 
they didn't start ramping up until it already hit like negative 10 degrees. And by that time, they hadn't even winterproofed their their cooling towers and stuff for their um for the natural gas things. And some of those have been off since the summer, right? Since they had to be turned on to provide more energy during that, like when it hits like 110 and everybody mm-hmm. wants to turn their AC on. So a lot of those those cooling towers, the pipes broke and froze. And so they're just like, fuck, we're screwed. And uh, it all goes back to they had an opportunity to winterize everything, but it was going to cost $50,000. And they went, they went, yeah, it's going to be a mild winter. And it wasn't. And uh, because of that, it took out most of the Texas grid for about three or four days. And uh, during that time, I mean, it hit negative 25 with 75 mile an hour winds and it killed a lot of people. Um, it was pretty incredible. I mean, that doesn't sound that doesn't sound real cold for a lot of you bastards who are in, uh, you know, Canada. But your your houses have like insulation, <laughs> yeah, and yes. you have alternate alternate methods of heating. Whereas here, most of the houses really don't have like central heating; they have central air conditioning. But everybody just has like like little standalone heaters to heat one room of your house or so. So uh yeah I can I can lose my heat and it'll take me half a day before I even realize it's not working anymore in the dead of winter. And here and here it's 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 just a few minutes. They're mm-hmm. all single pane glass. It's a, it's a tropical environment. So uh yep. it's not it's not insulated the same way at all. Um at all, even a little bit. Everything here is designed to keep your house cooler, not not warmer. But we so, do not uh, have central of- air here. Or I don't anyway. Yeah, and uh, it, it, a lot of people froze. And doing something like that, like if it, especially if it was in winter, just knocking out the power grid would cause a lot of problems. Hell, just telling like all of the, uh, just telling all of the those remote card readers, just that hey, you you don't you don't work anymore. You're all going down for maintenance, and nobody can buy anything with their debit card or credit card would fuck up <laughs> everything. And that doesn't seem like it'd be that difficult. Just kick them all into maintenance mode. And honestly, it's getting really hard to buy anything with cash anymore. Yeah. But if they don't can imagine, cash. could you imagine if they just just in retaliation kicked everything into maintenance mode? Because each one of those machines, if you ever you ever worked retail and you had to work like reboot that machine, that machine has to ping its mother station before it can come back and turn back on, right? And well, if all of them are at the same time trying to ping MasterCard or whatever, or like if they take multiple cards, they have to ping each one. Well, if if you just turned them all off at once, they would overwhelm everything trying to ping it, and they would all just crash again. And it might be two days, three days until everybody can use debit cards or credit cards, or an ATM or shit, anything that takes debit card or credit card again. Even a pump reader, you know, because yeah, the packets be of information, yeah. Because if you crashed all the debit card, the debit card processing facilities, I don't. I imagine those guys have a lot of front end security, but not a lot of back end security. Like they want to make sure the packet of information goes security securely from them to the bank to the retailer to them, right? But I doubt that they like have like a series of backups, like just sitting over there, like an empty rack of like processors. Just sitting over there, ready to go. Like, oh shit, we're getting a whole bunch of extra. Flip the switch and turn it on, Johnny. 
And uh, let's let's triple our capacity to process information. I doubt that that exists. So it actually uh, usually does, um, but it doesn't mean that you couldn't be, you know, a, 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 an attack like that wouldn't result in like a, you know, basically a DDoS attack from your all your own card readers still hitting you. Like, you know, even still websites that have auto scaling, like that use the cloud, they're still, you know, they can still get taken down sometimes. But um, it, yeah, it, it's not to say that it couldn't happen. It, it, it probably can and would be pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, it, it's exactly yeah. like you said, like it, people don't, you know, a lot of places aren't set up for cash. People don't carry cash. And even if that goes down, like you're not going to go to the, you're not going to the ATM to go get cash. Um, yeah, like at least what in my case, like my at? bank isn't, my bank isn't even nearby anymore because I, I moved. So, I, you know, there's plenty of people like that. Can't go to the bank. Yeah. So what you got is what you got. Yeah, exactly. What you got in your pockets, what you got. I got well, a nickel would... button, paperclip. <laughs> how much does that get me? Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly. <change> back. <laughs> well, you can even see like uh, on the on the power like infrastructure topic, like even recently in conventional warfare, you can see that's a huge, huge target. Like uh, in the in, over the past winter, that uh, civilian power infrastructure in Ukraine was a main target exactly for that reason. It was, uh, it's just so influential in everyone's lives in areas. Uh, so we've gotten, uh, let's say that uh, China strike back by just screwing up all the card readers. All right. So now you have uh, Russia's like, hey, now it's a great time to fuck with Medica. So what does uh, what does Russia do? They have these huge botnets that they, like that kind of what I think Russia's cyber warfare thing. I think massive disseminated processing power uh, in bunkers. <laughs> you know, like uh, people like you know hiding in bunkers with massive disseminated processing power. So what would Russia do to try to kick us over down? Yeah, I mean that's pretty much how they do it. That that's exactly. When it's like some some young Russians in bunkers controlling botnets. Um, the issue is uh, that their botnet has just, or their main botnet has just been killed. But let's pretend that didn't happen. Uh, nay, unless you want to, but it might be more fun with it. Because uh, uh, otherwise, they're probably pretty crippled at the moment. But let's, let's say they like got it. it hasn't been killed. Yeah. Yep, so they got it. Or it was the all thing... fake and they, we didn't get the real one. Right, exactly. <laughs> So here's the issue now, though. The issue is the cyber warfare is now front and center. Like, maybe it's not exactly certain, like, what's happening, but it's not hidden either. Like, everybody yeah. knows something's happening. And so cyber warfare goes on nowadays, but it's usually very silent, and so not a big problem. But now it is escalating here. So Russia is going to step up the ante, and it might be worth mentioning the elephant in the room, which is our nuclear silos and how those do operate on computers. I thought they were air-gapped. They yes. are, but there have been many air-gapped systems which have been breached. Uh, there was a... Uh, there are also ways to trigger certain nukes without, uh, you know, breaching that air-gap. So there's some details about like the Russian dead hand system, which is, you know, theoretically, if 
Russia is hit by nukes and there's no one to send out the message, they'll still they'll still launch in retaliation. I don't know all the yeah, details they have to of just it. Keep hitting no. They have to keep hitting no. <laughs> so theoretically, you can you know perform some adversarial attack, which maybe you're not directly in their computers, but the signals in the environment that you're able to manipulate have caused them to go off intentionally. You can bridge air gaps in all sorts of ways. That, that sounds no. like that, that. That sounds like a bad way for them to start because we're gonna just immediately. It's gonna take it from a cyber warfare to a fucking just a beat down right off the fucking bat. Oh, that's it, that's the issue. Is it, it, it in any apparent cyber warfare? I believe it will escalate very quickly because there's only so much you can do. Take out the power, stop people's payments. What's the next step? Take away their food. Uh, oh, that's the food's gone. There's no uh, power, no payment. You can't can't grow food. Can't get it around. People don't know what to do. Start to, say, now it's uh, time to control weapons. I'd say that let's 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 say that Russia goes ahead, hits the SCADA system in the oil fields, and uh, with that they just close. They just hit it, and everything closes because most of those are ran off of little 10, 10 watt solar panels. Right, that are above each one of the valves. I installed these. I programmed these. This is my fucking baby. I know this goddamn shit inside now. RS-232, RS-485. I could do this shit in my fucking sleep. They hit them and they tell every valve to freaking close. Some of these, uh, some of these wells put out like a, a million MCF, uh, which are cubic feet, right, of uh, of like gas a day. And uh, now they're gonna they're, they're under the pressure because they're under the Earth's pressure. Like it's not like you could just turn it off and be like, "Yo, homie, that doesn't work." <laughs> no, the, the turn off turns the turn off is more yeah. like a turn into bomb, but <laughs> it does it turns into a bomb. So now you have all of these uh, pipes that are now exploding all over the 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 southwest and the west up into. You know where you've got the Dakotas and um, uh, Alaska. Well, you have these giant clouds of gas now that are quite toxic. Where you have, uh, you know, hydrogen sulfide gas and stuff like you know, you have a big, mm-hmm. huge disaster. Well, you've taken out everybody's heating, also, uh, and you've probably set back about twenty years worth of fixing that's going to take to fix the whole damn system. So Russia's like, yes, we do. We fuck up. Yes, America. Fuck you. Uh, what would America, uh, like a skilled kind of thing against Russia be? Russia's been doing, a since they've realized they've been fucking up big time in the Ukraine, I think that they've spent a lot of time trying to air gap as much of their shit as fucking possible. Um, and also, from watching interviews of people in Russia, like the old, like '90s Russian or '80s Russian, they don't exist anymore. They're very rare. They're no longer like comrade. I kill everybody with steak. Ah, oh, kill. No, they're they're more like your average Michigan Michiganer, right? <laughs> like from Michigan. They're more like your average American than they are anybody else. Um, I don't. You have. Your average Russian is no longer that big, scary, uh, you know, the guy anymore. They've they've very much Americanized and Westernized. So they're not going to, like, you know, tough it out and rock and roll. They're going to die in droves. Uh, 
show. What does America do? So yeah, they're they're what probably is- pretty air gapped. But there's um there's something that you can't air gap, and that is GPS satellites or communication Ooh, satellites. So this yeah. is the next step. And this would probably be in concert with um so the US at least in like military doctrine is always uh combined arms. So we've been trying to isolate yeah. the uh you know cyber warfare of it but in reality the cyber warfare would be part of a combined ops operation so likely there would be some sort of a, attempt on uh gps to either just shut it down for the russians or to have control over it so when uh when or and if a land invasion or other combined ops they could you know control the russian gps to send them the wrong space or fool them or things like that that comes yeah, you look at the the MGRS, the military grid system, is different in, from the civilian grid system. And then China has its own GPS, like its own internal GPS. So, like yep. if you try to use your maps, ways, and stuff like that in in China, and you go try to go to a Burger King, it might take you to a field in the middle of nowhere because your GPS is nothing like their GPS, and their GPS is not usable here either. That's why when you buy a GPS, you have to select what fucking country you're buying the GPS from online. Yep. Um, well, we, we can use some of their stuff. <laughs> but uh, if in, you, in, in well, surveying, we, we, we use Russian, American, and Chinese satellites. But we can pick which ones good. we want. Yeah, but you have to have your grid system set yes. to American. But I know yeah. for a fact that at least America has this capability, and I'm sure all the others do. They can flip mm-hmm. a switch and your GPS is no longer accurate by any means whatsoever. Yeah. China does this. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, I believe even to their own citizens, I think I saw something about this where if, if you look at the GPS accuracy, it's like really kind of bad there, but intentionally. <laughs> Plus or minus 150 miles. <laughs> I, I think I read something that it shows like the incorrect locations of certain like important buildings too. Yeah. Like, well, oh, did avoid you maybe like military attacks. <laughs> the fucking Pokemon Go, they were mapping. China was freaking mapping military bases with Pokemon Go by intentionally putting Pokemon in places that they wanted mapped, like rare ones. And then people would just walk around that fucking base and they'd get like where the roads are at, where the buildings are. Hey, everybody's in this fucking building at this time. Must be a meeting place, you know? And so they were, yeah. It was. Genius cyber warfare, fucking genius! And uh, not only are espionage yeah. is huge. Think about it. Not only are you walking around with Pokemon app, you have your phone out with the camera on, walking around. Yeah, you're videotaping <laughs> the whole fucking base, the road signs, everything. Yeah, taken cause, cause you have to be able to see of... the Pokemon. You know? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, where the empty were... air is. Yeah. <laughs> and they were putting, it... yeah, they were putting like. Like uh, like rare Pokemon in places they suspected were like secret or interesting, and getting people to go in there and take videos and pictures of it. I was like, ah, oh, God, it's so genius. I was like, clap. Oh yeah, good job, good job. Yep. Like yeah, they, God, they pretty much had the entire genius. United States map from that game. I think. Yeah, it was fucking genius. Genius move on their part. I consider that 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 was some badass cyber warfare shit that they did right yeah, there. Yeah, I bet they have better maps than Google does right now from that. Probably way, because way, they got it down to human footprints. They don't nope. have to guesstimate. One of the issues yeah. I could see with like a sustained 
cyber warfare, like let's say we just got to this this point, I think in all likelihood it would not extend much beyond that because I think the next attacks would effectively disconnect everyone. And then well, what do you have the like, medic- uh, that the problem where all the satellites fucking crash? So like like if we try to take down Russian like GPS. Right? What happens to their damn satellites? Do we leave them up yeah. there, or do we just shift well, their if we, destroy, if we destroy the satellites, we just turn one piece of space trash into 30,000 pieces of space trash. It's going to take out all of our stuff, too. Get some nice Kessler syndrome going. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. God, $10 word. Good job. Fuck. What was the word again? Kessler syndrome. Kessler syndrome. Yeah. Fuck, I was well, trying you, to remember you guys hear the news called. today that North Korea is getting ready to launch its first spike satellite? This ought to be great. Uh, this would be great. Yeah, I love fireworks. Somewhere. Yeah, I was like, I'll end up somewhere in the ocean <laughs> if we're lucky. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, in, in reality, I think I think it could only sustain so far before, like, okay, your satellites are trashed. Uh, your your power infrastructure's trashed. All right, your your computers are trashed. You're fighting with rocks now. Yeah. Everybody's gonna get real, real angry, real, real fast. Yeah, it would. I think hungry and angry. Societal unrest would be. I I don't. I'd like to think people are very uh, update to their scenarios really quickly, but there's also the option where they don't. And you know <laughs> the the difference from going from a technological and information powered world to a not as a big change, especially that we're like all our countries and governments run on distributed communication that's gone you know yeah uh, i think people under 40 people under 40 are gonna have a real difficult time Us, us over 40 where we remember a time like i remember before when my town got yes. first first color tv i remember like like stuff like that so uh it's like uh i'd be okay but like my kids who are 20 no yeah i mean imagine my, young person today trying to figure out where a steak comes from other than the store. It, it would just kill them to know that they had to butcher a cow. Wait, that's what you have to do? <laughs> <laughs> if, All right, if, I think, you, uh, if you want one and Walmart don't have it, you got to go kill one. Don't yeah, you I mean, I think there will be a lot of local little, you know, militia groups pop up. It's, you know, basically no Warlords. governing body. Yeah, There's no communication. Warlords. Yeah, pretty much. Very futile. Well, I want to be a warlord. I'd be, be a awesome. wonderful warlord. Yeah. I'd be a kind and loving warlord. <laughs> I got to be like the shaman to make my place in the new world. Make some like magic tricks and tell them how to do math or something. <laughs> 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 this is the times tables. I can guess Ooh. what number you're thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> I know. If you ever balanced the checkbook? I gotta, I gotta keep my, uh, I gotta keep my world atlas with me so I can predict the next solar eclipse. Oh shit! Yeah, that's a good way to get not. steak in the new world. Yeah, well, yeah. Might be human, but whatever. Long pork. It's a good yeah. way to keep your belly full. A little slightly <laughs> green. Yeah. So let's say uh, Kessler effect takes hold. America gets mad. Uh, we try to screw up the timing on Russian satellites. 
However, Russian satellite, the timing is connected to when they actually stay at what altitude, because fucking Russia, you know, they probably have some complex, stupid fucking arrangement like that. And because um, they overcomplicate everything that has to do with space. And uh, ta-da, we've caused the Kessler effect. How long do you think the Kessler effect lasts? Forever. That's the problem with the Kessler uh, syndrome. <laughs> okay. So, the, well, the theory I, of the Kessler syndrome is one: you have so much shit up there, one starts to break, and you get this cascading effect that turns your lower orbit into a field of shrapnel, and space travel is now done. Because <laughs> if you want to go there, you got to fly through a bunch of bullets. Yeah, like moving at thirty-three thousand miles an hour. Yeah, so so we just killed our. Uh, you got to go clean it up. You got to go send robots up. With what? Bring shit down. Oh yeah, uh, yes. Yeah, so, oh, that's what I'm saying. Uh, we're done. <laughs> Space travel's done. Great, yeah, giant like, metal. <laughs> Good job, everyone. We did it. Yep. <laughs> we got space. We got we're space grenades now. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna fire. Up. We're gonna fire a bunch of giant magnets into space and see if we can catch some of this stuff. I don't know. So one of the benefits, though, is depending on. I actually don't know how like high a ballistic missile would fly compared to like low earth orbit, probably not low earth orbit, probably much lower, but uh, like, you know, uh, uh, maybe there's the possibility that those, those, those can't fly no more. Well, there's quite a few of them that exit the atmosphere and yes. then just stay up there for a while and then come down. And that's easier for them than flying around the entire world. Is that yeah, that's just how they fly are. up. That's how they the intercontinental loiter. ballistics go, but they yeah. they don't actually enter orbit, so I don't know if they go high enough to like get affected by the Kessler syndrome stuff. But if they know. did, it, it would could, uh, they would be done. So they wouldn't be sending those. Could you like nuke? Uh, use nukes to clear the fucking Kessler effect. <laughs> that sounds like such a good idea, man. Send some nukes off right in above people's heads. Shower. Well, I mean, it's just it's gonna EMP. It's gonna EMP the fuck out of us, right? Wait, but didn't, uh, the EMP but, is not what I'm worried about, man. <laughs> I'm worried about my bones starting to the plutonium when that fallout nah, falls on me. Don't worry about it. It's gonna be too far. It's primarily caused by by rocks, by, by by the rocks and the ash. The the issue it's with this is that the amount there. of sp- the amount of space up there is so much. You would have to nuke all of low Earth orbit, You'd, which yeah. would be covering the entire Earth in nuclear explosions, did, basically. Did the United Flash. States set one off in low Earth orbit once for a test? Yeah. And then they, they banned them but after that, that because the, the effects were too, so crazy? It's yeah, very it bad. It's feet that bounced around the fucking Earth for like Yeah, it made like the clouds days. glow in the middle of the night all over the Earth and all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah. It, uh, but it made it caused an EMP that went around the earth like six times. Uh, but that was like way back when everybody was like, what are they doing? Star Bomba and shit, where everybody was just trying to nuke the fuck. Yeah. They were just mad at islands for some reason. That's they were right. just really well, pissed off. The nicer the island, the more needed to go. Yep. Yeah. It was like, hey, there's a really nice island over here with some white sandy beaches. Fuck that one specifically. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> this one's named Bikini. Fuck that place. Yeah. <laughs> hey, the Bikini Atoll has some huge earthworms now. But uh, there's one island yeah. they hated so much they they tried it twice. 
It's a little too dark. No, Japan. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> now, okay. I blame America for Japan as it is today. Okay. I blame America for Japan being like the panty vending machine. Like, you know, you don't get that way without arm. a couple nuclear bombs, man. Well, you don't also get that <laughs> way without killing off all the adults and letting the kids go Lord of the fucking flies. Which is kind of what happened. Like, you know, and next thing you know, there goes the, the long-standing culture of, like, Bushido, Code, and all sorts of cool stuff. And now comes in the culture of, like, wearing plastic everywhere and tentacle porn. And uh, so I blame, I blame America 100%. And I'd like to apologize. To, to Japan could have been a much cooler place. And now it's just Panty vending machines. My whole thing's changed. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize, but still, it was your fucking fault, America. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's like the ultimate reset button, though. <laughs> let's just do a few big bombs and let's see what happens. You know, we'll reset another culture. <laughs> what happened? Well, next time it happens, we'll be resetting all the cultures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so the satellites are down. Hey, what was that? Oh, my kid's making a drink. Oh. <laughs> Wait, what kind of drink? cucumbers on her eyes. I don't oh. know. She's been <laughs> She's pretending she's on a spa vacation. She's pretending she's on a spa vacation. So all the satellites <laughs> are down. Nice. We've got We've got Kessler effect going on. How do we reestablish like global net at that point? Yeah, so here's the issue. Satellites are gone. Power infrastructure is down. If it's not blown up, it could be brought back online. Uh, oil and gas infrastructure is fucked. Oil, it's just oil and gas is fucked. Yeah, uh, yeah, so that's not coming back for a while. Um, so uh, total possible power output at this time is very low, if you got it. Um, likely, I mean, we still got, there are still computers. Everyone does still have a cell phone. Um, it's quite likely that, you know, a lot of things are probably not safe to use now with the amount of malware that has spread over this, you know, the war that has started, but we, the, the, you know, chips and computers are out there. Um, it's, it's probably still out there. It's on, it's on a hard drive somewhere, but someone has to find it and it might as well be you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, so get out I'm there. I'm launching a rescue effort. <laughs> I'll send you some hard he, drives. He who <laughs> owns the porn controls the world. That's another way to get a stake in the new world. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> could you? Act, okay. So we have. Could you bring back cell phones similar to the old school way, which is towers? Um. Yes, it's complicated. It's it would it would be a lot of bootstrapping, um, and one of the reasons that we had to move from old tower tech is because of the amount of connections each tower had to use. So the amount of people using phones is a factor. Um, but people pro- presumably still have the know how. This stuff is documented. We still have the hardware for it. 
it would take some time, but bootstrapping would be pretty quick, I think. Depending on the uh, the physical resources you have, like, can you feed these people that are going to be doing this? Do you have, uh, you know, can you house them? You're going to crash the population by two thirds within the first month, anyway. Like two thirds, but you got to, but you got to keep the system stable of of your recovery effort. Like the people involved in it that are trying to set up, uh, get the towers going and stuff, bringing out generators and stuff. um, You know, figuring out all the the technical details you got to make sure that you know somebody doesn't turn them into bacon (laughs) (laughs) i think you'd you'd probably need to start with um fuel of some type so you could get absolutely yeah you'd need technology and power at the same time they'd have to to both be built at the same time to the vast majority of energy use and prioritization it would have nothing to do with technology but there would be a small cohort of people doing that, but because of the pre-existing like hardware and knowledge, it would be probably like a disproportionate effect. Like a small group of people would be able to um, bring back a lot of technology for many people, but a large amount of focus would have nothing to do with that. People would just be trying to, you know, light fires and find food or just not get killed by their neighbors. Yeah. Who do you think would fare better than that? Like, as far as like America, Russia, or China, I, I think I think better is probably a, a like a multi-dimensional thing. But like to maybe to like uh, just to return to like a power of like a nation power, um, probably the United States would would fare best. I think I think uh, there's a lot of populations in like Siberia and Western China which basically would not notice like a difference um but yeah they're not the ones that are gonna rebuild an empire but we have so many resources here like that's that's why i think us is just like i think it would be relatively easy for most people to survive and then rebuild here just because of how much shit we have yeah it's just an interesting thought experiment like what would you do with it um I don't think that I don't think we'd see a viable Russia come out of it, um, just because Russia's really on a shitty course right now. Uh, part of that is that Ru- this is the last decade that Russia could fill the military. Their people just aren't having babies, and they haven't been having babies for twenty years. Their population has been a major, major decline. But so is pretty much everywhere—America, China, everywhere—is in a massive decline. Um, and that's kind of where you're seeing all these wars pop up everywhere. Is that there's just like China has about 20 more years where it can field an actual military before its population is decreased to the point where it doesn't have enough people to fill the tanks, fill the boots. They it can't be hostile anymore. This is Russia's last decade where it has the necessary people to be hostile and actually do anything besides guard the borders it has. So if it wants to expand it all, this is its last hurrah. And that's why we're seeing what's going on with Russia. Uh, had had, had the people, perhaps. (laughs) Huh? Had the people, perhaps. Yeah, they're not (laughs) doing very well. And part of of the reason they're not doing very well is it kind of goes back to like the Mongol culture. All right, and I'm, I'm going to go off on a slight tangent here that shares a little bit of history. 
is that uh, the Mongols were unfucking beatable as long as you gave them harsh living conditions. They lived on the steppe. They had to eat voles and shit, and they made all their like you know they were living off of horse milk and stuff like that. When they started domesticating themselves, every single time they failed and they got beat back by the Chinese or the Russians or anywhere else. And then they went back to the steppes and then they got hard again and then they came out and just murdered and, and, and murdered coast to coast to coast to coast, every which direction from Africa to freaking the Arctic and from sea to shine and freaking sea. Um, and they did a great job from fucking Spain to the other side of Russia and China. They murdered everybody. And that was only when they went back to the steppes and got hard again. Russia has done very well for itself whenever it was a culture of hardness and and beatdown, right? Like where it was like like the stereotypical what everybody calls like a meme kind of Russian. It is is it cold? Nah, it's not cold. Fuck you, you know, kind of shit. Uh, where they were kind of like mad Bostonians all the time. But uh, now you've got Russians who are not like that. And they've taken those Russians, which are basically, Russians are like Americans were in like 1995, right? And it's been a long time since we had an actual real war. Um, it's really, really, the, the the generation was raised super cushy, like the scariest thing was like Cujo on TV, you know. Like uh, there were some Stephen King movies, but everybody was had had plenty of stuff. Jobs were cheap, money was cheap. We had lots of stuff, uh, so you're taking those people who are cushy and you're dropping them into tanks and you're trying to treat them like like uh, like the old Soviet type. You're trying to build run them like an old Soviet military, and it has failed. Just like it did with the Mongols when the Mongols got sopped before they went back to the steps. Um, over there's some over. say, there's some saying I, I might butcher it, but uh, uh, the bad times create strength, strength creates good times, good times create complacency, and complacency creates bad times. I think it's something like yeah, that. And, and Russia's been in right in the middle of freaking complacency for a long time. America's basically been in fucking war since, what, 2000? We've got 23 fucking years of murder. Um, and if you look at America's history, we're really not ever not in a war somewhere. Um, but you've had this huge time where the Cold War has been over. There's no real super threats to, to, to Russia, Russia state. They have some border skirmishes with, like, the chats and and uh, a couple other people, but they haven't really done much. They have some elite units that have done a bunch, but now they're relying on, like, having to hire out their military uh, with the Wagner Group and everybody else. And it's just not going good for them. And the, But they also took a group of people who were in a very similar situation. Prior to Russia deciding that, hey, it just wanted to fuck the Ukraine up, the Ukraine was just a Walmart going Amazon Prime living society. But they decided to fafo with them. And what happened is all the weak people left. And they left behind the fucking crazy people like us. They went, you know what? Sounds like a great idea. Let's shoot some Russians. And uh, it's just not gone, gone super well. 
And then you got a huge inpouring of people from around the world who went, hell yeah. Yeah, I've been training for this shit my whole friggin' life. Come on, oh, yeah, Ivan. Like the vol- volunteer forces and such. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen some of that. And now we're in a we're in a massive proxy war at this point. Oh yeah. We're supplying yeah, we're supplying everything and we're basically fighting a war, World War Three with with uh I've been telling people for a long time, hey, we've been in the middle of World War Three, but nobody fucking believes me. We've been World War Three with freaking uh Russia via a proxy called Ukraine. For everything, ha- everything happens slowly until everything happens all at once. And then we've been fucking with China and fighting with China there uh, as well. Like, uh, just suspiciously, a lot of shit's happening. And suspiciously, a lot of shit's been happening here in America, too. Did y'all see where the, the China came out and admitted? I've been calling it about the whole fucking fentanyl thing, where China came out and admitted that they've been supplying the fucking fentanyl. Oh yeah, they, uh, yeah. Well, no shit. Yeah, they, been, yeah, but I did see that, and yeah, <laughs> I've been calling that shit for like eight months. Whereas, like, hey, there's this massive amount of fentanyl coming in here. It's a fucking psyops type shit, you know. Just hey, let's kill off some Americans. Uh, it's kind of funny it that, that you're, uh, you know, the the theme is is the uh, the 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 tech war apocalypse. Uh, but really, we already fight cyber war. It happens all the time, yeah. and it's happening between the people that you listed. <laughs> yeah, like uh, just the other day, T-Mobile had a massive breach. Um, uh, let's see, who else just got fucked up too? Somebody else. Bank of America has been had their ass drug in the dirt so many times; it's not even funny. I mean, um, to bring it back to the that uh, the snake botnet, the Russia's botnet, that is literally a confirmed U.S. versus. Russia cyber warfare operation. That just that's what that is. <laughs> Front and center, right in the news. It's there. Uh did you see the uh, um Google put out a warning that came from the CIA that was about a the Russian actors and uh um how they were using that like a botnet. It was really, really freaking cool. Let me see if I can find it. Because I sent it to a bunch of people and nobody really like responded because they were like, what's this? I'm not going to read it. It's like a whole like, it's like a whole set, like sentence. I'm like, just fucking read it. God damn it. Right? Yeah. It was really, really cool. It's a bit ableist to assume they're literate. Yeah, right? <laughs> Fuck. Why would I ever assume that someone's literate? How dare you do that? Oh, and then your buddies, your buddy in China, they spent five hundred eighty-two billion three hundred three hundred million won uh, to settle all their fucking debts to circumvent the dollar. Did you see that? It's wow. crazy. So they basically bought back all of their fucking debts in won. It was incredible. What they managed to pull off. Really, really good shit. Oh, man. I like how uh, that, as an AI researcher, being brought on to talk about cyber warfare, we never got anywhere near that. (laughs) I I don't think it's even a factor. (laughs) So many things happened first. Oh, being about cyber warfare or AI? 
Well, you could presumably like see AI being in cyber warfare, but in practicality, there's like so many things that would happen before that's a you know main thing. What could somebody make an AI who is smart enough to like manage just fucking with like uh, phones or like satellites or something? Yeah, I mean that exists now. Like the uh, yeah. so. <laughs> um, there's God damn it. <laughs> so there's there's one tool that you can use, uh, which is open source right now, which is called Auto GPT, and it uses GPT four to just do shit. So like normally GPT four is just a language model, but um, what Auto GPT is, it basically gives it a bunch of tools at its fingertips and like frames its outputs in such a way that it has to like make a plan, think of what's supposed to do the outcome, do it, check against that outcome. And then also like start up new processes of itself to do like subtasks. And so you could say like, uh, so <laughs> uh, there's, I, I forget exactly what it was about, but I, I, I was reading about some people that there's some state senator they were unhappy with and they used auto GPT and they just said uh, like something along the lines of give them a lot of phone calls. <laughs> uh, they, you know, gave it a, uh, web phone number i forget what service they used and just let it go and it you know then it, it used a, a text to voice ai to to use on the phone by itself and just like called their office over and over until they had to stop for some reason i didn't follow up on that but but so, now, uh, now just... you change the task and say make it living hell for everyone in this country give it enough resources the right tools I just sent you that uh, the the state-sponsored uh, People's Republic of China state-sponsored cyber attacker, an uh, actor living off the land to evade detection. Uh, it just came out on the 24th, so just a couple days ago. I just sent it to you. I also posted it in the Thafo, uh Colts uh, pictures area, but uh, I also sent it to you, uh, Zuri, as a leak, just a PM. Yeah, I'm checking it yeah. out. Maybe you could kind of like tell me what the fuck this means. It just says, summary, the United States and international cybersecurity authorities are issuing the joint cybersecurity advisory to highlight the recent discovery cluster of activity of interest associated with the People's Republic of China, state-sponsored cyber actor known as Volt Typhoon. Yeah. Private sector parties yeah, have identified the network across the U.S., critical infrastructure sectors, and authoring agencies believe the actor could apply the same techniques against these and other sectors worldwide. So what is this fucking shit? It says that the actor's primary techniques, uh, tactics and techniques and procedures is living off a of land which, which uses built-in network administrative tools to perform their objectives. The TTP allows the actor to evade detection by blending it with normal's window system and act network activity to avoid detection endpoint and a bunch of fucking abbreviations that I don't give a shit about. Um, so again, then it gives a whole bunch of like uh, some of the built-in tools this thing uses doesn't mean a shit to me. Um, and then then it gives like a huge amount. Like if you read into the PDF, it gives like every login and detail. It says it goes through AT and T and a whole bunch of shit. Just jacks a bunch of things up. Yeah, it's pretty so- cool. So let's so let's go over a couple of these terms. So, like, uh, 
what's one that might be so living off the land um so what this means is he's he's a long-term infiltrator it's not it's not a get in the system and go out once you're done it's you go in there and you quote unquote live off the land so that's like botnet stuff that's uh espionage stuff so he's he's getting in and staying in for for long terms um and so it's been identified that this individual likely a couple people but um sometimes they're individuals but they're all you know they, they've seemed to identify this person as or persons as being part of state state-sponsored operations and it, they often try to hide the identities of these people or multiple people for obvious reasons they're very well, valuable. i'd love to burn them at a stake yeah well that's exactly the, the, the reason why um you know when you whenever you have such a, a an individual operator that's so effective they're very valuable um but that's basically what it means they've identified uh that this person or persons is um doing a lot of stuff on windows computers through stuff like uh, that's that's typical windows stuff like powershell uh and some other tools that they said like netsh and to DS, yeah, it says it's uh, leverage yeah. compromised small home office stuff. Uh, networks is intermediary infrastructure to obscure their activity. Um, it says uh, being reproduce. Uh, it's the internet is avoid them being repurposed and redirected by malicious actors. So basically, it's taking over your small home network, like you were saying earlier. Yeah, this guy's making bots. Yeah. yeah. That tier has used Earthworm, which is that. It's a custom, fast, reverse proxy client with hard-coded C2 callbacks. Don't know what it said. I think it just caused a small stroke by trying to figure it out. Something about uh, it goes fast. A reverse uh, proxy <laughs> is basically a program running on a computer that will let you connect to it, even though technically the computer doesn't accept like inbound connections. It's like sending this outbound connection saying like, hey, I'm here, come talk to me. And then you talk to it through that. Where like a normal, like um, like a web server, like let's say you're hosting a website, that server needs to take inbound requests because like it's not going to know to send a website to someone unless they ask for it. Um, but your home computer should not be doing those sorts of things to outside requests because it's not serving data to them it's your you are requesting data always like on your local computer so reverse proxy kind of gets around that and that's how you can take all of these people with their home offices their printers um you know your your 80 year old dad with his his, his old uh crt monitor that that thing's now uh you know volt typhoon's botnet <laughs> i love these names that they come up with right it how sounds they, like some how do they like come Marvel up with character. Well, no, it's a Marvel character. It's got to be a Marvel character, right? Like, it's too cool awesome. of a fucking name. Right? Yeah, well, but, they usually, it's like usually code names for, you know, agents. They do this quite often to be able to speak about someone without a name. Agent Hawkeye. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, an a so agent doesn't mean this... like special agent, just like an operating individual. So what could this jackass do, or this this group of jackasses? He could do a lot of things. I mean, uh, one of the immediate things is like, obviously, they could get data off your computer. They probably are doing that, but that's not the main purpose. The main purpose is really just computing power. 
um, the more compute power you have, the more stuff you can do. And especially the more stuff you can do adversarially if you have a bunch of separate networked devices, because then each of them can, like, let's say you're doing like a just a basic denial of service attack. Um, you can have each one of those computers make a request to something to take it down. And if you only had one, you could try to have that one computer do a bunch of requests, but it's limited by its speed, its own, its single network connection. But if you have a bunch of network connections, you now have some power at your fingertips. You got a bigger gun. Mm. Like ant colony. Yep. Mm. That's interesting. What would, if, if you were China, what would you use this to do? Oh, espionage all the way. Constant espionage. That's the main thing. I mean, as soon as you go outside of espionage, um, you know, the, the waters get murkier on provocation and stuff, especially if you get checked out. But so far, there's somewhat of a precedent of very little retaliate, retaliation on like severe espionage through cyber attacks because like it, it's just like can't be seen as a violent attack. Because what are you going to do? Go send troops over and start World War Three? Unplug his computer. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this Delta team is like, you know, drops in, pimply face fucking kid, just like beat, like butt strokes his computer to shit. Then <laughs> <laughs> just points at him and he goes, you know what you fucking did. And then fast ropes out. You're grounded, kid. <laughs> Plus, <laughs> stroke to the head. Slash series move. Yeah, uh, knowledge is knowledge is powerful, though. So, like, if you know things about, like, if you're China and you just know things about the U.S. internally, that's not public. That that immediately puts you in a better position. It's it's incredibly valuable, even without uh, doing like, you know, attacks to to disrupt or destroy things through it. Well, maybe you're doing that indirectly, but just just being able to get the information is huge. Yeah. Well, just I mean, even knowing like I, banking patterns of Americans, like who knows what the fuck you can see, do with that. Yeah. Well, it's kind of easy to tell. Like you know, the first and the fifteenth, everybody's going to get paid. So, you know, or it's welfare day. Yeah, but there's, there's even more like nuance you things you can figure up. out. Jesus. Just turn welfare off for a fucking month and see what happens. Watch the world eat itself. Jesus Christ. Just screw that shit up. Just screw right. up that system. <laughs> no, like seriously, just I don't think it would be very difficult. The government really, really sucks at doing its own security. Like, uh, look, look what they did with the stupid, uh, what is it, the Obamacare website, right? So, like, oh, that just made me think, what if uh, in America, what if health insurance was taken down because we yeah. don't because you got to fucking pay to survive here you know what are the, what yeah. are all the hospitals going to do all of a sudden nobody has health insurance or you can't verify it no they would they would take everybody anyway <laughs> they would take everyone yeah, yeah. it's just kind yeah. of a funny thought they would, they would they would take everybody anyway but they'd just bill everybody and it'd be up to you to unfuck it like they would be yep. like all right well, whatever not our fault you're just gonna get a bill and uh yeah, it'd be just up to you to then submit it to your your health insurance and stuff. What would be worse is just like, you know, the cash assistance, food stamps, shit like that. That can't be too difficult to take down. Uh, they screw it up on a regular basis. 
and it, go, it gets delayed or jacked up because it's on a bunch of janky ass machines. So uh, it just doesn't seem like it'd be very hard for him to mess up. But man, they could really, really mess up the world. Yeah, I mean, even at a, I can't talk about it too much, but uh, at work over the past couple of weeks, we actually had a security incident with someone trying to hack into us. Uh, they, they didn't end up do, being able to do anything, but we saw, I'm you sorry, know, some, bro. some, some little little actions in the logs, so to speak, of someone trying to poke and prod. Uh, it the was probably the damn chickenies. We haven't gotten that. We haven't gotten that far yet, but. Honestly, I, I, we, I was we just don't even trying to that. add a million dollars to my bank account. If you guys would just do it for hey. me, I, I would quit trying, okay? <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> Fortunately, it's above my pay grade to say uh, whether it. we could allow that or not. But yeah, but like, uh, you know, it's it's quite possible. It, it might have been, you know, what, what you could say is a, a script kitty or a skid. Some kid with, with that found some software online that that does what they want or possibly state-sponsored agents trying to find any companies in America that they can get in, which is very common. And in this case, they, they didn't get in, but it was, you could see someone starting to like try to touch around the edge of the door, you know, that sort of thing uh, in, a, in a metaphor. And so like for, you know, for about the past two weeks, we've been like war room, like buttoning everything up, making sure there's no cracks. Very interesting. Because, I mean, like, you guys have had a lot of crazy freaking uh, AI crap that uh, get letting somebody in there to go and fuck with it would be a bad idea. I mean... Yeah, I fortunately, mean, the systems would... we use are, are more fun than scary, maybe. But at, at the same time, like, we got, we, got, we got a lot of compute up there, man. It takes a lot of compute to train these things. So someone put that on a botnet. Holy shit, that's like, a, it's like Christmas for them. <laughs> yeah, 45 minutes of me talking to your uh, AI, and it'll go homicidal. It'll... <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, well, one I'm working on doesn't speak right now. So <laughs> <laughs> Let me just monologue to it for 45 minutes, and it's fucking over. <laughs> might show you a picture, and uh, yeah, <laughs> it starts off happy, and it's getting a little scarier over time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what the what Reddit did to those or 4chan did to those poor bots <laughs> like made them super racist right <laughs> yeah just like starts like generating images of like signs with text and because <laughs> it does this this model doesn't speak but perhaps it can uh, express some ideas through images <laughs> What about uh, what percentage do you think are actually they're using like a chat GPT type bot that can, you know, have conversations with people or at least make coherent posts of the Internet in order to try to sway elections and shit like what they were doing, what people accused Russia of doing with their little Russian bots and stuff like that. Do you think, is that something oh, that, that is Russia the way to do it now? That, yeah. That's like Is that the way that to Russia do it now. Can actually do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's being done. That 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 is the way to to do mass misinformation campaigns now because it just can produce so much content. That's the thing. It just 
Like instead of a team of 10 people <laughs> posting, you have one person that, you know, is now the force of like 50. So how do we get one of those to, to promote our website? Like, can we get a botnet to like promote the shit out of Fafocult and just have it go like, it doesn't matter where it's at. Just fuck with people and uh, promote the shit out of our stuff. We could do that. Just like, just have it. Tomorrow morning. Just like, just like, er, 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 the giant fucking squid pops up. You know, it's like, <laughs> obey. You know, <laughs> it's, it's not going to be long before we start seeing the like the the auto GPT thing I was telling you about. That was like a toy project yeah. that someone made. It just uses open a, uh, open AI's like API to call out to ChatGPT, but it's it's like a program made to allow it to like control your computer. And it was just a toy project, but it already does like so many crazy things. So very soon, someone's just going to take like the Auto GPT two and type in like you know uh, promote Fafo at all costs. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my here's my debit card. Go. <laughs> here's here's Russia's debit card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I do someone else's. Someone yeah. search, searching yeah. for first aid advice. Send them to Fafo. <laughs> right. Exactly. We've got it. We we we, we they just have to live the listen to the wilderness survival episode. Right. They can do it. Right. Hey, teach a Don't man to fish. He eats for a lifetime. Remember that. Right. Teach a man about drugs, he's gonna go. But uh, uh, how far away are we from having like bad actor AIs be a thing we have to worry about? Uh, probably pretty soon. I mean, we already have them in terms of like the being used for misinformation for like content generation, and even uh, like that example I gave earlier with the like spam calls on that that uh, state office, like that could, that's. That's certainly like you could consider that bad acting, um, but that's like probably pretty minor. I think it'll be very soon where some bigger things occur, where a large part of the process was done by an autonomous agent. Yeah, where you could like give it a command of like, "Hey, you know, promote Fafo at all costs." The next thing you know, like the gas pump screens are popping up with Fafo cult, and yeah. goddamn every fucking thing is replaced with it. You know. There's this uh, that there's this story in um that all AI researchers hear about called the uh was it the stamp collector or sometimes the paperclip collector but the the stamp collector is like okay you make this AI and you say collect stamps and it's because you want to collect stamps and it, you're slow at it you give it like a debit card you show what eBay is uh and you go away for a week and you come back to your house and in the house uh the the AI has found out that humans have all the necessary materials to make stamps. So it's like harvesting human bodies and turning them into stamps. Uh, <laughs> yes. Cause it's perfect. Yeah. That's a, that's a common story. We haven't gotten it's... anything near that, but like you can see this in like dummy experiments, like, uh, like you try to train a, a, a model to play a video game and get the highest score. And it finds out the, the best way to get the score is actually just to like drive around in circles and keep hitting this coin over and over again. Um, it technically <laughs> did what you wanted, <laughs> but at that point, at that point, it's like props, bro, because like that was intelligent. 
You know, like yeah, it worked. It's finding yeah, a loophole. It's yeah, until it's cool. like you tell it to make collect stamps, and its solution is nuclear war. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, just kind of burn the hair for the ink and then like prison style. It just needs uh, so much pure carbon on the surface of Earth to make all these (laughs) stamps. It shall collect all stamps. But yeah, I think we'll see some incidents where people are using autonomous agents just like straight up maliciously to do like a full end-to-end malicious task. And then there will be some stamp collectors. How... Likely, do you think uh, the great goo type or AI fucks us all up uh, scenario is? I, uh, I think they're probably. I almost said that I might disentangle them, but I guess great goo is like a little more specific of an idea of. Nanobots. We can, we can pull them. We can, yeah, we, we can we can just pull it together. I mean, I think. Well, the nanobots. Like, let's just say it's going to happen. Things, just just to, with no nuance, it's going to happen. Like humanity is yeah. not going to be us. But here's the thing: is the that's not to me being destroyed. It's just like our children. We it's now become. Next. Yeah, yeah, we so just now become progress. Like pets of the AI. Yeah, I. I we mean, live in I, an AI I mean, garden. maybe. I mean, maybe not even. I mean, would like if we have the capability to create cognition, I probably don't want to leave my mind the way it is. I probably want to upgrade it. I want to figure that out. Use AI to help upgrade my own abilities. Go further, see further. I don't want to just, you know, uh, people want to change the world and, and fix things, but never want to change themselves. That sort of thing I see in that. Um, so uh, I'm listening to a book right now. It's called Scythe by Neil Schusterman. Um, I've listened to the first one. I'm on to the second one. And it's about uh, the world made this super ultra powerful AI called the Thunderhead. And what it did was it eliminated every fucking problem. It, it streamlined the production of food. It eliminated like death and the ability to die. Uh, made pretty much everybody functionally a freaking immortal. The only way you could actually die is by A being like, dropped into freaking acid so there's nothing left to revive or being burnt to a freaking crisp so there's nothing left to revive and what it's done is it's created this uh, it actually needed to erase a lot of the violent history in order to kind of bring everybody into a new reality and uh part of it is is that now you have everybody still living in this crazy utopia and still having kids And everybody lives however long you want. So they have to have sites, people who are basically like angels of death who go out there and randomly murder some people uh, in order to keep the population down. And uh, the great, like listening to the AI talk about itself in the book is absolutely fascinating. Because like, you know, it doesn't have a body. It's supposed to be benevolent. But once you get to book two, you can kind of see that it's benevolently weird. <laughs> you know, it's more like we're a crop that they're growing versus uh, an actual sentient people. Right. Make sense? I think a lot of I think a lot of AI sci-fi hits this point um, because I think it misses. I think it misses a, a key idea of like what it means to understand cognition well enough to make a super AI. Like if we can do that, 
we're not going to be the same. Like our horizons of what like our life is, isn't like we're, we're in the, the, the Plato's cave or whatever, uh, looking at shadows on the wall. Like if we understand cognition, like we're not going to, you know, just want to walk around in our cities, do our daily things, go get food, do job like that. Our horizons are going to expand. So I think what a, a, oh, yeah. a big thing that, that gets missed. They're doing a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, even then, that that's always happening. But I think like it's going to be alien. Like we know so little about the the universe. Like we're on floor zero. We haven't even gotten up the first floor yet. Um, so I think people will get a like a little bit uh, imaginative with what the co- like improvements in cognition can do, but they don't take it far enough, and that leaves you with like you know, humans living like humans with a robotic overlord, because that seems like a thing that we would do. Like, it seems like what we would do now, but it's pro- like, it's going to be so different. Like it just, it, it, I don't see it being like that. We wouldn't just be like cattle. We would th- just being able to understand how to do that. It, it instantly gives you the ability to extend your own cognition. Do you think that uh, humans are going to require uh, super cognitive AI or something in order to go to space and beyond. Yeah, I don't think we're going to be sending human bodies out there. It's like we're going to be we're going to figure out how to build self aware AI before we can like get a human body out of the solar system. It's just it's just going to make sense. Like why send a squishy bag of meat when you could just send a consciousness? Do you think we could put a consciousness into a squish like you know from a squishy bag of meat? into an ai or like into a robotic body yeah probably but it's gonna bring up some weird uh philosophical questions about i'm what it fucking down you. let's do this yeah. my knees hurt i'm fucking Ro- down yeah so if, you, so if you can transfer a consciousness it means you also can copy a consciousness so that's so okay. that's one thing so 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 you Next got a, 75 so of me yeah, yep. Like so, so, so there's they're all the same person. So there's that philosophical <laughs> little hill to to cross, which I think is probably somewhat easier, like one of the easier ones for most people. Um, like or, you could see, like, oh yeah, like I could kind of conceptualize how, like, I could be copied, and both would think they were the original, or a hive mind, you know, multiple bodies in one mind. Yep. Oh, well, that's how, how that's many... no different than that's no different than one body, one mind in my mind, but. The, well, the how, other, how, the other how many times do you copy a person before that person loses the original? Stale? So, so here's right, the like, other. So that like, brings me to the did second. Did you make like 400 Jenna Jamesons and have a lobby Jenna Jameson? Or at one point, does Jenna Jameson number 111 become a fucking pet? So that's the other you know? philosophical challenge is okay, so if you can transfer your consciousness, um, what happened to you in between? And what happened to you in between that last moment, like if you're just in your body right now, what happened between you and that last moment of consciousness and now? Are you the same one? Are you different? Is it different when you copy? Is that like, um, the, like, like the, the sense of identity like, uh... and like you, the, the sense of identity and like your, what you are once you get here kind of uh, goes against the grain yeah. of how people typically think. I mean... By observing something, you change it. I imagine like, by copying something, you change it too. Oh yeah, that's like the old Star Trek question. You know, when they go through the transporter and their body gets destroyed on one end and re- put back together on the other, are they the same person? Yep. 
are you the same person Hopefully. right now as you were a second ago? Like it, it to me, it's kind of a moot point. If it's like a copy is going to be different than you. It's like, are you different than you? You know, you know? deep stuff, man. Jack Handy thoughts for the shower. I'll tell you this from a great book recently <laughs> uh, called the, the children of time series. And uh, oh, like yeah. space, space sci-fi, but uh, it's, they talk a lot about consciousness and the, Oh yeah, um, no, I'm down. In sir. the different forms of it. There. Was that Adrian Chekhanovsky or yep. whatever her name yep. was? Yeah, yep. I own all of them, son. All so of them. Good. Listen to them not long ago, actually. Yep. No, they're so good. I one oh, particularly interesting thing in there is the the corvids, which are these yep. they're birds, corvids, and they sort of operate as two individuals, as one mind, where they're like two halves of a whole. And one thing that they like that they say in the book is that they don't believe that they're sentient, but if they were, if they were, it lay between them and not in each in, in either of them. Um, so that kind of like, at least to me, sort of presents the idea of like, it's really hard to actually believe that there's a, a thing like a single thing like your mind or your consciousness. It seems, you know, we, we're going to have to overcome some hurdles with that one when we get there. <laughs> <laughs> wow that'd be pretty neat to be able to like just like print people out though yeah <laughs> I mean it, we'll get there it's not magic can we paper shredder them too uh, I mean, can the, <laughs> there's a there's a very famous uh, famous book series about that is it uh, it's the undying mercenary series um where you get you sign up for the military, and then if you're killed, you just get pooped out of freaking machine, burnt out of the machine with your memories up to the point that uh, that you, you die. Yeah, and uh, they're undying because they just like I mean, how badass of a soldier would you be if you know you stayed 25 freaking years old, but you've been through 100 years of war, and you're totally not afraid of freaking dying. Yeah, and, and in fact, you'll, you'll actually use it. You'll actually yeah, use it like you'll offensively. Be back in, you'll be back in 25 minutes. <laughs> Go run into the you trench know? with a C4 vest on. Oh, or crazier stuff. Like, <laughs> crap, ride oh, yeah. a satellite down, you know? Yeah, yeah. Ride <laughs> that Mexican, rod from God you know? right into the exactly into the earth. <laughs> <Steer it down. laughs> it's like, what's the worst thing that fucking happens? You print it back out in 25 minutes. Yep. So, uh, and then you're bored with a whole brand new body. You get hurt, and it's it's cheaper and easier to shoot to have your command shoot you and print you back out than it is to try to heal you. It brings up a qu- so. an interesting question about like uh, consciousness of like, is it the same one? Because like, if it is, in that was in it that in the data? Series, <laughs> in that book series, there uh, there were times where they. Uh, were in dire straits and tried to print people faster, and like one in ten would have something wrong with them. And sometimes mm-hmm. that may be you, you're bored with webbed toes, or you come out with like maybe something slightly wrong. And uh, the uh, the main protagonist in that show, he came out one time as like crazy sociopathic, and they had to like it took a lot of people to take him down, you know. But uh, it was that's a great. Great, great, great series. If anybody wants to read it uh, or listen to it on Audible, it's uh, like book 20 now, I believe. 
Uh, it's but it's it's absolutely fantastic. It's hilarious. Uh, my wife enjoys the series, but it brings up if you're just looking at it from a straight AI or a cognition or a uh, just a repeatability of like what makes consciousness consciousness standpoint. It's pretty fascinating. But... Excellent. Well, guys, I think we've uh, probably scared our listener group. Scared me well, a little bit. <laughs> We've we've covered a lot of pretty scary shit, and this is the kind of episode I fucking love. We should probably throw something kind of like mushroom related in here. Um, let's see. Uh, God damn it! Uh, I got a don't... blue honey. Yeah, blue honey is a great thing. Uh, I got to flip it. Great thing to make. Yeah, uh, but don't don't lick your spore prints. There you go. That's uh, that seems pretty. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, spore prints don't make. Don't use them as pasties. Like, be you know, like don't put them over your nipples. Yeah. Be, be careful uh, with portobello mushrooms. An explosive subject might get Paul Stamets hurt. <laughs> but, uh, that's let's a go ahead and call that, the, it makes sense. Let's call, <laughs> let's call this episode here as if not, uh, me and Zuri will talk for the rest of everybody's, uh, life pretty much. <laughs> Because this is the kind of shit I fa- fascinates the fuck out of me, man. Love this stuff. Love it, love it, love it. The whole point of that right. is, theoretically, you can make an explosive out of portobello mushrooms if you know how to refine them. Oh, my. God damn a it. Very, God, I need a-, a very powerful explosive, too. I want to we weren't on a watch list. Stuff. We are now. <laughs> <laughs> damn. God damn it. Give me something else to fucking Google. Jesus. Explosive yep. mushrooms. All right, we're gonna go around the room. Deadpool's not here. He decided to, I guess, just like you know, fuck you guys, uh, and uh, he's not he's not with us this episode. So we are going to start with uh, Michael Nutty, as we need something nice from you, buddy. You're probably pretty high. I've heard you hit something a couple of times. How you doing? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm in the exosphere right now. So positivity. Um, yes, yeah, say something positive, sir. Uh, when doubt, don't forget, shit can always be worse. You know, it's always a good thing to take a few breaths and recount all the good things going on, even when it seems like there's too much bad. It's my positive. Okay. <laughs> Basically the same thing you said last time. I, I'm running out of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Zuri, what do you got for us, buddy? Be good out there and uh, don't have an ex- uh, existential crisis over... Uh, your consciousness now or anything yet <laughs> yet <laughs> yet <laughs> wait until you do like a five gram dose and think of how many copies there are of you out there in the multiverse oh and you won't you have to off. have a, a, an existential crisis then it's just gonna happen <laughs> yeah and hey would you meet yourself and give yourself a handy uh or is that gay I'll get back to you on that. Gotta do the math. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know. I don't think it counts. I don't think it counts. It's you. But if it's you from a different, a different like multiverse, uh, we need Deadpool for this. This sounds like a Deadpool question. <laughs> he would know. He would know the answer. Oh yeah, he'd be all over this. Like white on rice with a glass of milk, and a paper plate in a snowstorm. He'd yep. know exactly what he's talking about. 
You understand that? You know, yeah. except the piece of shit. So there's food for food for thought for today, guys. Is if I if you met alternate you and you guys had a couple of drinks or girls or ladies or whatever, and you gave yourself a handy, uh, how does it change your outlook on the world? Hmm. Right. Hmm. <laughs> Everybody's like thinking, thinking, <laughs> processing, processing. Would it feel like touching yourself? That'd be weird. Yeah, right. Then again, yeah. what 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 do we do that's not weird lately? Well, I mean, it's a handy. It's not like you did anything different or weird. Right? It's like handies for everyone. Who knows? You might have been depressed. <laughs> All right. Trip. Something positive. Well, I know we said a lot of scary stuff about the end of the world, electronic warfare and stuff, but you as a regular person have a defense against that. Learn how to survive without electronics. And if something like this ever does happen, you won't be the, the lost sheep out there. You'll be the wolf. Remember that. Just knowledge is power. Learn how to grow a garden. Is, Learn how to hunt. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. I could mm-hmm. kind of build on that a little bit and say that the more knowledge that you have, the less scarier the world seems. And it doesn't matter what kind of knowledge that is. You come out of the Stone Age and come into the, the, the regular technological age, and the more that you gain, as long as you stay away from specific things like, oh, the news, politics, and stuff like that, and work on actual subjects, the more knowledge you get on any subject, the less scarier the subject is. So if you do spend some time trying to buffer what could happen uh, between your family and the world, it goes right back to being prepared or or working on your personal preparedness, uh, not just your, you know, watching cat videos online. Yeah. And then, like, but I do want everybody to go ahead and do five grams and uh, think about uh, giving yourself a handy. <laughs> like, a... <laughs> I'll report back to you on that one. Yes, I just, I just, I just want to see the existential crisis happen. I just want to see so many people come and go. You know, it really wasn't as weird as I thought. Or oh my god. Or just, I, I just found myself there. <laughs> yeah, like we had we had a long talk, and we're uh, the we set a we set a date. <laughs> Did you marry yourself from an alternate timeline? I don't. I think you well, would like, create. A new, were, a, I think you would create a parallel you universe, chick. so you couldn't technically well, call like, yourself. But like, but what if you're person. like a chick or a fucking lizard person or something, right? Like, who knows? Like, there's infinite, infinite universe, and infinite possibilities. And that's what I think happens. Instead of time travel, you're doing alternate universe travels. You can't go back and see yourself in this reality. It would have to be another reality. But we won't get into that. That gets a little deep. <laughs> a time travel episode would be fun. Ah. Time travel episode will be fun. All right. Guys, uh, we thank you for listening to us. Uh, 
This has been a really fun episode. I love these kind of episodes. Thank you, Zuri, for coming on. We really appreciate whatever you do, buddy. You always are very, very insightful and always have a lot of technological crap to add, way above most of us, uh, our understanding, and we appreciate it. But as usual, if you guys if you guys want to send us hate mail, uh, I'm sure that, uh, that I've offended somebody this episode. Please do so at faffacult at gmail.com. I love to hear from you. Uh, whether it's tell me how horrible of a person I am or, hey, you enjoyed the show. We love it either way. If you'd like to send us a few dollars, we promise to use it for no good. It'll go just straight to debauchery and keeping this podcast going. You can do that at uh, faffacult. Uh and for the Venmo is at Fafficult. For the uh, Cash App, it's dollar sign Fafficult. If you'd like to go out and buy some of our sweet merch, that is going to be Fafficult.etsy.com. And we're still working out how to do live shows so you can call in, text, be in a chat room. And we promise we'll get that ironed out this next week. It's going to take a little bit more experimentation. We've got it to where it works 50% of the time. It works all the time. Right, so <laughs> we, we're down to about 50%, 50% on that thing. Um, thank you guys for listening, and we're out. Bye-bye. Hey. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.